Welcome back to another episode of the Cellar Door Society. This is Jacob. I'm James. <laughs> so now we just do it both on two. I like that. <laughs> it's going to change every time. Just, just get used to it. I'm just giving you a hard time, man. It's no big deal. Uh, welcome back. We are excited to give you another episode of the Cellar Door Society. We're going to start this one off a little bit different. Uh, we're going to start with a short story that I wrote based on true events that happened to myself and uh, my brother. I'm going to change his name for his privacy. So we are going to start with that. So I have titled this, There's Only Two of Them. Dude, do you remember that one time Jay started passing me a lip blunt? The story was one I'd heard a hundred times, but was happy to hear again. While he continued his story, I took a deep drag from the blunt. Strawberry Swishers, our wrap of choice. They made my lips numb every time I smoked one. Whenever I felt the numbness starting, I knew I was right where I wanted to be. We were on our way to Indian Creek, somewhere we had fished with our dad often when we were younger. The sun was starting to set, and the cicadas were humming loudly. Hey! Don't camp on it, he says, snapping his fingers. Smiling, I pass it back to him. I'm good, ma'am. Finish it up. I reached into my breast pocket and pulled out my pack of parliaments. There was only two left. I offered one to Jay, but he declined. Ah, man, you still got that fancy shit, he sneered. I only smoke cowboy killers, dog. Shrugging, I grab and light up a cigarette, leaving behind my lucky smoke. I never really knew how it started, but every time I opened a new pack, I would flip one of the cigarettes and leave it butt up. This was supposed to be my lucky smoke. I never really felt any more lucky smoking it, though. It wasn't much further until we got to our fishing spot. A small bridge just past a prairie at the mouth of the woods and nearby a nature center. Sweet, Jay exclaimed. There's no one here, dude. He pulled off the road and parked on the gravel shoulder. Finished with my smoke, I tossed it in the ashtray he kept in his cup holder. Hopping out of his car, I headed towards the trunk where we had the pole stored. You know what, I'm only going to take one rod, I tell him as I grab my cherry wood and a tackle box. All right, man, but don't be coming for my rods when I got three fish on, he threatens, grabbing all three of his rods, a bucket, and his tackle box. He looked ridiculous carrying all that, his eyes wild and grinning ear to ear, clearly relishing the fact he was carrying more than I was. One of his lures, a whopper plopper, falls from the hook holder from one of the rods. The double treble hooks lurch towards his face but fall away at the last moment, dangling harmlessly. I ain't worried, he said, and then bursted out laughing as he recognized how crazy he looked. Here, I'll hold all the rods, I tell him. Just get that lure reattached. He passed them to me and headed toward the bridge. I took a few minutes to breathe in the summer air. It carried the smells of summer with a taste of the Cedar River. Jay had already made it to the start of the bridge and was heading towards the center. It seemed strange to me at the time that no one else was here. On a usual summer night, the bridge was known to be a hot spot for fishermen looking to catch smallmouth or carp. Tonight it was all ours and we planned to take advantage of that. After I set the rods down, I began to dig through my tackle box, pulling out a bag of bread. You know, Jay started, with a tone of mastery reminiscent of our father, corn would have been a better option, but uh, bread is okay. Oh yeah, I countered. Did you bring some corn then? He narrows his eyes, clearly trying to find an appropriate comeback before resorting to a sheepish grin. Nah, I didn't bring any. Thanks for bringing the bread, though, he said, reaching his hand out for a piece. Tearing a small corner off a slice, I quickly roll it into a ball and hand it to him before making a couple more. It took a few minutes to get all the rods set up for their intended catch, and it was now dark. Once we had finished, we both set lines into the water and started our way. 
Sig, Jake asks, reaching for his Marlboro Reds and shaking them towards me. I'm all right. Thanks, though, I say. I wish we had a full moon tonight. It's a little tricky seeing the water. The moon in her first quarter was struggling to push her light through the growing cloud cover. As Jay began to say something, he stopped, as we both heard something moving in the woods nearby. The sound started to get closer, and then stopped. Probably a deer. If it was a person, I would think they would take the path, I said, peering into the woods, looking for any sign of life. Yeah, probably. Bruce and I were down here one time, and we saw that he stops as whatever is in the woods starts moving closer to us. As soon as he stopped talking, the noise stopped too, and that gave me goosebumps. If it was a deer, it should be moving away from the sound of humans and not towards them. I turn to him. Before I can say anything, we hear a hoarse whisper. There's only two of them. Goosebumps erupt from every inch of my arms and neck. I wasn't close enough to see them on Jay, but his face was evident enough. Even the cicadas held their breath and the moon hid behind the clouds. Whoever was in the woods stopped moving, perhaps recognizing we had heard them. Then it started moving again very quickly. I could hear the sound of twigs breaking and various foliage being pushed away. Fuck that, I say to Jay, as I start to pack my tackle box and gather my things as quickly as possible. Jay didn't say anything. He just ran to his furthest rod and started to reel it in. Then we heard the breathing, heavied labor breaths coming from just beyond the edge of the wood. Nothing further needed to be said. We grabbed our shit and ran, reeling lines as we jogged across the bridge. Whoever was in the woods had stopped moving again, but we could still hear the breathing. It seemed to come from all directions as it echoed through the woods. We made it to the trunk of Jay's car. As he threw it open, I scanned the tree line, expecting at any moment someone to appear there. After shoving all of our gear into his trunk, we jump into the car and he starts it up. Half expecting in true horror story fashion the car not to start, I sigh in relief as it squeals to life. He puts the car in drive and floors it. His tires spin in the gravel before catching, and then send us down the bridge. Dude, fuck that, I say again, going to grab my parliaments. I open my pack and grab my Lucky, and for the first time, it lived up to its name. Wild story. Spooky. It was intense. Like, uh, chicken skin all the way, uh, goosebumps all the way for that, that... Oof, no. Don't like that. Don't don't like thinking about being on a dock in the dark with whispers behind my head. That's just not okay with me. It's um it's a particular area that I I usually experience a lot of strange things there at night. That that was probably the scariest thing I can um point to, but uh You'll see a lot of weird lights down there at nighttime. I usually bring people down there. That's always been it. If you want to see some weird shit, you go down there at nighttime. Oh, okay. okay. Um, but it's never felt scary. It's always felt, like, strange, right? That time it felt scary. Like, you knew somebody was there. Um, Did you go back after that? Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, many it's times. like a killer fishing <clears throat> spot. I can't get that up, right? But yeah, it, it definitely you definitely go earlier in the night now, and you think about it. It was a weird time. It was it was very strange. There was a couple different weird. We used to find it. There was a guy who would go down there. He would bring rags soaked in kerosene, and then usually about like forty five minutes after he was fishing, he would start lighting the rags on fire, and what? just. Yeah, and he would have just a small fire going on the bridge with these lit rags. Like a wooden bridge? No, 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 it's concrete. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah no, it's not okay. a wooden bridge, no. Uh, it's just, it's a concrete bridge, um, but he would have like a small fire going and 
we, we always thought it was weird. And like my brother and I, because my dad would take us there a lot when we were kids. And then we would go fish it after he had passed. So my brother and I would be asking my dad, like, what's up with the rag burning guy? And he's like, I don't know, but we're not going to ask him about it. <laughs> You're just going to let him do his thing. Leave him alone. Yeah, leave him alone. There was one night he had he had been burning his rags, you know, and I'm, I'm assuming whatever fumes he was getting off of this were fueling this behavior. But he lost a pole. Something, he either got a snag or a big fish grabbed his line. Pole goes over the bridge. And the dude just jumps over the bridge. How, how, wait, what? Sorry. How tall is the bridge? Uh, I don't want to speak out of out of place. I'd have to look up. But it's big enough where you'd, you'd get You would hurt. think twice before jumping. You should definitely think okay. twice yeah. before jumping. Yeah. Uh, with any bridge, folks, don't, just don't jump off the bridge if you can help it. So he dives in. We were expecting to hear, like, cries of pain because the water really wasn't that high. Um, but apparently found a sweet spot, didn't get his pull, but you just hear him hit the water, hear him get out of the water, and then just like all the curses you can think of, uh, probably on par for that bath curse episode <laughs> we were talking about. Um, so yeah, cr- crazy activity down there, but a hell of a fishing spot, whether that's bow fishing, you're looking for smallmouth. Maybe um, we should call up, uh, Zach Bagans and have him go snoop around this fishing spot maybe we should snoop around the fishing spot i would like to snoop around the fishing spot yeah let me take you guys down there that'd be a fun time i like to see some weird then we can go see the van meter visitor stuff the black angel statue in iowa city so you're taking me to corn country for my first trip huh oh oh yeah Oh, yeah. I'm going to get you lost in the corn, I'm going to take you to Casey's General Store. If any of our uh, listeners out there from the Midwest, you know about Casey's General Store. You know, ironically, there's a place near my parents called Casey's, and it started out in a general store, but it's a barbecue joint. Oh, is that right? Some of the best smoked wings you'll ever have out of this place. Now, <laughs> they have a nice little restaurant down on uh, the Tennessee River. I think it's on the Tennessee River. Um, it's in Gunnersville, but uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Ooh, good stuff. This Casey's I'm talking about, it's just mainly like a gas station that you can get like pizzas at and things like that. Um, mm, gas station pizza. Mm-hmm. Well, you say that, right. No, no, I, I've had some good gas station pizza. I'm not even going to lie about it. Yeah, I mean, like people are going like, you're like, do you want Domino? Do you want pizza? No, I want Casey's for oh. you. So like people go, go crazy for the Casey's. Do they you have, also like, have Bucky's in Iowa? maybe somewhere i don't believe we do i've never really seen a bucky's out there um but yeah it's just just a it's a gas station with with (laughs) a kitchen yeah uh but they have like a breakfast pizza that people go really Mm. nuts for um i love a good breakfast pizza. there was a gas station where i used to live that had really good foods like they had pre-made salads that i'd get all the time oh yeah um and pizza and sandwiches and it was it was good shit one of the best places in the town it was yeah. a really small town, but um, hole in the wall places are usually the best. Like they can be. I've had the opposite experience yeah. plenty of times. Yeah, but I've also had the opposite experience in national chains and for sure. restaurants yeah, too. For you know? sure. But there's definitely some joints where it's like, okay, three times, three times I've tried, and it's like yeah. bad every time. Yeah. Because the first time it's on me. It's my fault for not knowing which dishes are good, right? So <laughs> sure, that's, that's on how me. That works. You know, I'm gonna take the L on that, but I'll give you another chance. The second time, I'll take some variety, and if it's still not there, 
I'm usually out, and then it takes somebody to be like, have you been to so-and-so? It's so good. And then we'll go together, and I'm like, it's still bad. <laughs> um, so then by then, I then I make a vow. Note I, to I self, don't there. suggest restaurants to Jacob. No, please suggest them. I'll go. <laughs> but if they're not good, you only get like a couple chances before I'm just done. Before my there's opinion so many is restaurants. No, I'll keep oh, okay, taking your okay, opinion. Okay. I, yeah, but I just figure, you know. If I give you five losers in a row, you're willing to make gamble on that sixth suggestion. Well, you're my friend, right? So I, I trust okay. that That's what you're very telling sweet. me is... Uh, should be valid information, right? So we're gonna go check it out. All right. I might give you shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I might be like, oh yeah, we're gonna go to some. So yeah. Anyway, James, you were talking about um, speaking of bath curses. Throwback to our last episode. Uh, you you found more bath curse information. Except now we're going to Bath, North Carolina. Yeah. So. Very interesting story. Um, there is a town called Bath, North Carolina. It's obviously on the coast of the Atlantic Ocean. And the town in the, I want to say it was the eighteen early 1800s, late 1700s, um, something like that. It was very much a port town. So, you know, goods in and out, transit in and out, people in and out, the whole nine yards. But it was also... A pirate haven. I love to hear that. Yeah. So the pirate um, haven, it said that Blackbeard, that's where his main home was, was in Bath, North Carolina. Blackbeard's from Bath. Uh, that's, what it, that's what it said to be. Yeah. Now, is that his home port? Like, that's where he was um, you know, known to be sailing out from? Or is that just like... It's Damn. known to have had a house and a wife or two of them in the town. So wow. frequented it pretty enough that it's felt that he could buy a host. Yeah. House. Host? Buy a host. Buy a house. Um, Be a host in your house. So yeah, this was the 1700s. 18th century is when this was going on. But basically this town was, uh, like I said, a pirate haven. So you got away with a lot of stuff. There wasn't always the best characters running around, and the sinful deeds were rampant, right? Um, One of the famous preachers from back in the 17th century, excuse me, 18th century, uh, Whitfield, was running around doing his evangelical traveling, trying to get people. Yeah, so Whitfield was traveling around doing his evangelical trip tours through the South and things. Um, He's known as the Helen Brimstone preacher. Like, very led with fear, very led with, like, damnation, all that type of stuff, right? So he shows up at Bath. And Bath is like, yeah, we don't care. And they said, we don't care enough that George Whitfield realized he wasn't going to get anywhere with anything he was preaching or doing. And before he left on his wagon, uh, carrying his own coffin around, fun facts, he, to bring the thought of true mortality with him as he traveled very odd person um very strong in his beliefs though he was bringing true mortality no no no. he would uh pull a wagon behind him that like a court like a uh, funeral wagon Mm -hmm. uh, that was clear and he had his coffin inside of it his own coffin his own coffin that's kind of metal though like yeah no he was like you whipping around a hearse with a coffin that says you know james Right. Kind of bother. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it was meant to put the fear into people like, your death is inevitable. 
you must listen to what I say if you want to be saved from the damnation of hell, so on and so forth. Because I'm already ready, Mike. <laughs> Literally. My yeah, he's like, I'm right, right here. I've made my peace. What you want, you know? Um, but so he got fed up with this town because they weren't listening to him. They didn't want anything to do with him. So he left. And right before he left, he cursed the town. I'm going to try to find the exact curse here. Yeah, let me hear the curse. And what a what a way to leave, too. Um <laughs> I'm out of town with my own coffin, and while I'm at it, I curse the town. I, I mean, I don't know that I'm with okay. that. Uh... Sorry to interrupt. Here it is. Whitfield took the hint, but he couldn't leave without at least making some kind of show. Whitfield climbed back on his wagon, took off his shoe, and waved it at the assembled crowd, and proceeded to place a curse on the town. If a place won't listen to me, or excuse me, sorry, my computer screwing up if a place won't listen to the world whitfield said you shake the dust off the town off your feet and the town shall be cursed i have put a curse on this town for a hundred years Jeez, when did he put the curse on you know that's a good question i don't think i have an exact date for it um but i'll try to find that for you in the meantime uh and so he put the curse on the town and he left the next thing that happened was Right, so he left in this town, um, became nothing. Literally, like almost overnight, the town ended. It, the ports dried up, the jobs left, people started leaving. Uh, but basically, yeah, people left and like the town died out. Uh, I can't remember the town, but another town opened up near it or was already existing but didn't get a lot of business. So his curse came true. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Whitfield's curse came true. The town had terrible troubles economic times and so on and so <laughs> forth crazy. um yeah for 100 years do we know did he curse any anything else that's the only cur- <clears throat> curse mentioned was just over the town itself now what we need to do is some some genealogy we need to go back and see if he was related to a master cursor from roman times who might have been doing bath tablet curses sure what? Sorry, I was looking for that date you asked. I'm so sorry. Well, James is looking up this uh, when the curse, or yeah, some more information on the curse. I would like to know. Um, Ashley, do you have a favorite bird? I really like ducks. Ducks, yeah. yeah. Ducks are cool. Yeah, I really like ducks too. My favorite bird is the black cap chickadee, and he's the one who's like. Uh, I won't replicate the bird call, but uh, replicate the bird call. It's like (laughs) and when I was a kid, I I used to always think they were saying my name because it kind of sounds like Jacob, Jacob. Obviously, you hear what you want there. But one day, I was I was like in my early twenties, and I wanted to figure out what bird am I whistling to? Because like when I would go fishing, I'd start whistling. And I get like three or four of them to show up and, and we'd be doing the whole whistle back and forth. So my grandparents had this book. It's a really cool book. I'd like to own a copy, but it's uh, it's like the great book of bird calls. And so each page will have a number. You type the number into a little device on the side of the book and then it plays the bird call. That's really cool. So I went through like a fourth of the book <laughs> and I'm like, I cannot find this bird. Um... So then I found a website online where people just upload every bird sound. 
took like another two hours. Um, I was working at a job where it was really slow. So I was just listening to bird calls all day. And then I found the black cap chickadee. And that's my favorite guy. James, do you have a favorite bird? I don't. No, I don't think I do. Humming, well, I, I guess hummingbirds. But that's because they make me think of my grandmother. Well, it's beautiful. It's yeah. Sweet. Yeah, that's really beautiful. All right, did you find that curse information? I did. So I found actually a lot of good information uh, in a short little time. He, Whitfield actually visited this town four times, believe it or not, which was kind of interesting, um, between uh, 1747 and 1762. But on this fourth visit, the last time, the Anglican church reportedly refused to allow him to preach, and that was his final straw, I suppose. That was the nail in the, that was the, nail in the coffin for him. Right, and a person by the name of T. Jensen Lacey wrote a book and uh, has a little bit better quote, if I will, for the curse. Whitfield finally gave up on converting Bath, just like the disciples of old. He drove his wagon to the outskirts of town, removed his shoes, shook the dirt from them, and put a curse on the town. He told onlookers that the Bible said people who couldn't get sinners to reform were to do just what he had done, and by shaking the dust off Bath from his shoes, the town would be cursed for its hardness of heart against the word. Whitfield declared, I say to the village of Bath, village you shall remain now and forever forgotten by men and nations until such time as it pleases God to turn the light of his countenance again upon you. Wow. Right. So a little bit more eloquent, which makes sense for Whitfield, someone who spoke in more of an old English style. Um, Well, I guess his curse hasn't come true yet because we're talking about it. So it's being remembered. Maybe Sorry, that's Whitfield. Finally, uh, shining down. On yeah. Yes. Well, so 17th or 18th century, 1700, 1762. Theoretically, the hundred years thing would be 1862, mm-hmm. right? Um, but the population actually didn't start growing. This is wild. 1880 census population, eight, 89 people. Wow. So, I would say his curse came true for a hundred years. That's just three, four years after. It would have, or no, excuse me, 30-something years, 40-something years. What was the population before he cursed it? I wish I could find that. Um, do, 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 I don't think we have, I don't think the Census Bureau goes back that far for that particular town. Mm-hmm. Um, but then by 1910, it was at 283 with a 29.2% growth. It wasn't until... Two, give me that again. Negative two hundred. No, negative twenty nine point two percent growth. Oh, okay. Um, and it's just like negative, negative, positive for a little bit. No growth. Negative, 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 negative. Um, never getting above four hundred or two forty five. I guess it's pretty wild, honestly. In now, in current day, 2024, Bath is no longer, or is Bath still incorporated? Is it still a- Bath is still a, is still a town. Um, Bath has changed little since the colonial and early federal period. People interested in heritage tourism have made it a destination for both locals of eastern North Carolina and visitors from other regions. Tourists swell the population during the summer. Favorite water-based recreation includes wa- uh, wakeboarding, water skiing, and boat rides or jet ski rides to the creek down to the river. Uh, there's a couple other like historical aspects that you can go and visit, but most of it is still really quiet. It's a small retirement type town, um, pretty pretty relaxed, and 
Yeah, Bath has remained a sleepy little village on the North Carolina coast. By contrast, population has continued to increase in the count in the county, reaching nearly fifty thousand in twenty ten. Mm. So it the population is growing around it, just not in that town. So the real estate uh, must be reasonable there. You must not be taking a bath on house prices. <laughs> There's a rim shot button. Oh, uh, D. D. You must not be taking a bath on house prices. Oh God. I love a good soundboard, Jake. This is a crowd, by the way. Oh, is that a crowd? I, I, I did the funky uh, the funky intro for you earlier. I can't wait till you find it in editing. <laughs> That's what I was cracking up about. And welcome back to another episode of the Salvador Society. Doop, 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 doop. Is that the melody to Funkatown? <laughs> well, that's fun. I'm going to load some more stuff into that. All right, that'll probably <laughs> all get cut. <clears throat> okay, well, that was really interesting. And it was, I like that it was a pirate town, too. So um, I wonder, and pirates are notoriously superstitious. So you hear, as a pirate, oh, some priest, right? He was a priest. Preacher. Yeah, yeah, a holy Protestant man preacher. came through and cursed this town. So maybe let's not anchor up here anymore. Um, Could and be. And they start pulling money out of the economy. And then people are like, I can't make a living. I got to leave Bath because I'm taking a bath out here on my uh, rim. Stop it. <laughs> okay, if we're going to go down this route, I'm going to break for one quick joke. What do you call somebody who loves dad jokes but doesn't have kids? What is that? A faux pas. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, I like... I- I like the whole pirate lore and stuff like that. Maybe that's <clears throat> what we go into next. Would everybody be down to dive into some pirate life? I would be down to talk yes, about pirates. Yes, I would be. I'd like to believe like I was a pirate in a past life. What makes you feel that way? It just seems fitting. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, just, I just have a feeling. I'm just okay, okay. Hey, I can intuition's dig very important. Very important. No, I like the... Uh, I guess the idea... I used to read um, in middle school. I remember I was always going to the library and looking for books on pirates there was one book i uh two of them uh one of them is i think it's called off star i'll have to look into it another one is uh it's called airborne by kenneth opple i used to read this one a lot it's pirates but they're all in like uh, blimps it's weird. Blimps? Yeah. So air pirates? Yes. Oh. I actually have it right there uh, on the top shelf of that bookshelf over there. Airborne and all red. It's a good read. Um, so I like I like that whole culture. I will admit, though, I'm a big fan of rent fairs, right? I've talked about my passion about the medieval times, renaissance fairs. James. Oh, I know what you're talking oh, about. Okay. Right. I'm leaning in because I love renaissance fairs well then we gotta I would go. love to go to one i've never been should we just set up and record like, a fancy little little dress or something to wear? yes all right it's done three of us plus who, however many else we're going to the ren fair fuck yeah the larkspur one is amazing that's what i've heard it's like built you in haven't right been yet? no no i have not been last it was the first thing i did when we moved down here we moved down October, by that next July, we were at that uh, Ren Fair. It is fantastic. There's permanent structure everywhere. Um, tons of vendors, tons of people. There's a pirate day, though, and that's not for me. That's just not my vibe. That pirate day is not my vibe. What, what is your uh, character of choice for a Ren Fair? 
wizard, obviously. For oh, sure. Of course. Anytime. Yeah. I uh, uh I don't think I have a <clears throat> character of choice that I would I would be. I don't I don't know that much about medieval statures or hierarchies and well, you could be whoever you want. You don't even have to... Some of my favorite parts about the Ren Fair is you really get to see people who are in a place where they know they can be their authentic self and, and have no shame about it. So you see stuff like... We went to... One of the times we were there, there were uh, a bunch of dudes dressed up as uh, Star Trek people. I'm not, a, I'm not a Trekkie, so I really don't know any of the lore, but they're dressed up as a Star Trek... Person Star- thing. Sorry, listeners, if you're Star Trek fans and I'm saying this wrong, please correct me and I'll learn. Um, but Star Trek folk, and um, they were like walking around talking to their like transponders or whatever, making comments like, I've never been on a planet like this before. This is very strange. And like stuff like that. It's like really fun. It makes you feel, it, it's a good way to feel like you are just kind of walking away from Earth's normal problems, right? You're just in this magical little place for a while. I can um, dig that. So I love Ren Fairs. But pirate culture seems interesting to me. I would like to learn more about it. I'm a big fan of big ships and things like that. Um, yeah, so I think we should do a pirate episode. Let's each find a famous pirate, Ooh. and let's all talk about that pirate on that episode. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's a good idea. Like a little blurb. Mm-hmm. Mm. Research famous pirates. That sounds fun. I like that, that idea. Like a blast, actually. It does. Um, listeners, also, <coughs> we are going to do for... We're going to try to do this in the future more often. We, uh, since we're still getting used to podcasting and figuring it out, um, thanks for the journey or traveling with us on this journey, by the way. But we're going to try to start doing uh, more things that are, you know, around holidays. I guess you could say. I don't know what they're called. They're not holidays, but like Women's History Month is coming up in March, and so we're going to try to do some focus things on influential women and uh, or people who identify like that and. You know, just really try to educate ourselves and uh, our listeners on some cool people. Yeah. That's going to be fun to get into. I'm really excited. I've thought of a lot of uh, cool uh, women. Uh, My wife particularly loves uh, math women, people who do that type of calculations and those things. And so I'm really excited to talk about a, a lot of stuff. So then let's do this. On the next episode, we'll do Women Pirates. Because there was one, yeah. I'm looking her name up real quick. I'm going to mispronounce this, so I apologize. Zhang Yi Sao was the most successful pirate in history. No way. Yes. Um, I remember reading an article about her. Uh, there was also Mary Reed and Bonnie and some other ones out there. So we could do an episode about um, some really successful women pirates. I think that would be a fun time. I love it. Yeah, so let's definitely plan on that. You will be hearing that. And uh, like James was saying, we we are really new to this whole adventure of of podcasting. And, uh, you know, we are learning along the way. So we appreciate your patience as we're still learning things like our editing and the audio side and and sticking to a consistent schedule for you. so yeah, we appreciate you guys uh, hanging along for the ride. It's been really fun for us, and we're excited to keep doing this for uh, as long as folks want to keep listening. Um, so awesome! We're going to be talking about pirates. Yeah, no, I like the pirate idea. I mean, I think I'm just really looking forward to all the different topics we ha- we're going to eventually go through and talk about. Um, Can I pick them up? I'm really curious about. Just don't touch his butt. It's no good. I'm really curious about 
you know, whether we're going to be able to record in different places, you know, whether we can convince these businesses and in places to be like, Hey, can we set up in the corner of this really cool room that you don't let public into to record a podcast for an hour and a half? Is that cool with you, dog? And I really, I really hope a lot of people say yes, you know, um, well, it just all depends on how we sell it, right? What what do they gain out of it? If we can give them some publicity, or if we can give them just uh, anything, I mean, it's uh, it's all how how we approach the uh, the sale, so to speak. But I think we can be pretty successful if we find things that are on on brand for what we like to talk about, or find a way that we can relate uh, our audience to where we're going. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be fun, and I'm really looking forward to. Uh gaining more listeners and talking to people from all over the world and if they're listening and you know see if we can't hear about some cool stuff we've never even heard about you know some folklore that's not even written down um yeah it's been cool to see um you know it it, it, we've been able to see that there's folks even in other countries who've been tuning in so it's been really exciting just to watch everything grow um and yeah we're excited to just keep keep growing this and really uh we keep saying it but it's not lip service we want to hear from you if there's stuff you want to hear us talk about let us know because we are eager and super excited to to learn more um i know james has put a spotlight on this in the past that uh you know a lot of our content is uh kind of leans more towards the occult usually but that uh that's not a you know necessarily a corner we are completely painted into i have uh i know for myself passions that exceed just the occult i'm an avid fisherman i could talk forever about fishing but do you want to hear that right so let us know if there's stuff that you want to hear that isn't exactly magic based or occult based or paranormal we're still interested and we're still excited to hear about it um, whether that be about fishing, James's passion around cooking, Ashley's passion around rosemary, herbs, things like that, um, we're open. And we we, uh, we we just wanted to help provide you guys the most entertaining and fantastic product and podcast that we can. So uh, help us help you, and uh, if you have anything that you'd want to listen to. And I'll say, for those of you who are data-minded people, such as myself and like seeing that data, if you want to be a real champ and a real pal... Listen to our episodes through our website. That gives us some huge insight into who's listening, where you are, and and gives us a really good way to cater uh, back to our listeners and get you guys the stories and education that you guys want to hear about. And when he says where you are, we're not getting your address or anything like that. It tells us you're in the United States. It's it's not yeah. uh, anything crazy. <laughs> I don't know who you are listening, but uh, it helps us to know if we're obviously if we're getting big in Germany, then uh, you know maybe we need to do a deep dive into some some German stuff and, and report more on that and, and maybe, start saying hello in German. Yeah, maybe we'll get a chance to to visit Germany as a unit, and I think that would be amazing. Uh, stuff like that. So. We are uh, we are excited to keep recording for y'all and uh, just to keep exploring new stuff. <clears throat> you know, uh, one thing too that is a shared love for all the uh, cellar door uh, hosts here. We love cats. Um, you know, Ash and, and dogs I, and dogs and animals in general. Animals really. in general. You know what? Thank you, James. I, we we don't just love cats. We love all animals. We want to see your animals. Uh, we want photos, yes, we want uh, stories, anything at all. 
Send us photos. We want to see photos of your cats, uh, your dogs. If you got a turtle, we want to see photos of that. Ash will die if you send her a photo of your pet duck. Uh, anything like Please. that. Uh, fish, snakes. Um, you know, if you got a pet, if you listen to us uh, around your pet, we want to see the pet. Uh, maybe they'll even get a chance at being up on the Instagram. So we could do like a pet of the month or something. Yeah, I think that would be fun just to get uh, get some new pets <laughs> out there. And I think in that vein, we will start it off and we will post some photos of our pets so we can all get uh, some engagement around that because uh, who doesn't love, you know, a nice cat on your lap or a dog at your side? Um or a quack quack from your favorite duck. Or a quack duck. quack from your favorite duck. Mm. Uh, I really like cows. They just seem so. Cows are cool. Yeah, cows yeah. are cool. They're you very know, they sweet have very animals nice too. Eyelashes. They're they like do. So long. Yeah. yeah. They just have really sweet eyes. Maybe we try to record at the zoo. <gasps> oh, that would be fun. Oh, I got a gasp. That's a that's a real uh, one. That would be really fun. Yes, with zoo. My stuff, so. I think too with your uh, local library cards, you can get these event. Um, you have to book it through the library in, in advance, but you can get like discounted tickets there as well. Speaking of calves, there's uh, cows and fishing. There's an old, there's an old wives' tale. Excuse me, an old wives' tale um, that I was kind of found to be true, or I believed it to be true, and because of that, they would say if you go out fishing and you go past a pasture and the cows are eating, then you're gonna catch fish. And there's a secret spit fishing spot that i will never tell anyone where it's at never never my brother made me promise um so secret fishing spot but when i was going to secret fishing spot you always pass this uh this farmer's pasture and anytime i saw a fish or uh cows eating down there i knew that i was going to catch a fish or two and it seemed to always come true for me so uh i thought that was fun i love those old wives tales and things like that i think there's a uh, that could be a whole nother month of episodes right there, old yeah. wives' tales. No, for sure, for sure. Well, this has been a fun episode, you know, starting with a short story, talking a little bit about the uh, the pirate shanty town and things like that. This is really exciting. This has been uh, another episode of the Cellar Door Society. I'm Jacob. I'm Ash. I'm James. And we are signing out. Bye. Bye. Bye.